Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hello and welcome to a brand new episode of Don't Quote Me. I'm your host, Orla Condon, and this week I'm joined by DJ, broadcaster and podcaster, Connor Bean, who many of you will know from his work on RTE or his must-listen-to podcast, House Size and Me, where he discusses, yes, the real housewives of every city imaginable. It's amazing. Listen to it. Coming up on today's show... After months of speculation, Tom Brady and Giselle Bunchen confirm they've finalized their divorce. Prince Harry reveals the title and cover of his eagerly anticipated and explosive upcoming memoir. And the lineup for I'm a Celeb 2022 is officially confirmed. In other news, Connor is sharing the pop culture book that has reignited his love of reading discussing his love of the Housewives of Potomac. I'm giving credit where credit is due to Netflix's Love is Blind. And you're sharing your worst breakup stories. And yes, they are triggering. Let's get stuck in. All right, guys, we had a little bit of a detour last week in that we gave you something different. We gave you something new. We spoke to Ella Ding from Married at First Sight Australia. Really appreciate all the positive feedback. Have to admit, was really hungover when I spoke to her. Super hungover. And she consoled me through the first few minutes. And then we got into it. Was so happy to talk to her and get that maths fill out of my system. This week, we're back to regular programming. We've got a couple of stories to talk about. Some that I didn't think I would be as interested in. And then when I dug into it, I was like, oh, there's some juice here that I really enjoy. And I'm very excited to have this guest on because I adore his podcast. I adore him. He's great. He's fab on socials. If you don't follow him, Mr. Connor Behan. Hello. How are you? Hi. That's so kind. Thank you. I, I was like trying not to say anything. So I just want to be like, stop it. Oh, stop it. You. Oh, stop. <laughs> I didn't want to spoil the big reveal. So thank you. That's very kind. Thanks for having me. I feel like that's all podcasters do when they go on each other's podcast. It's like, you're so great. Particularly American ones. Yeah. They love to be like, I am such a fan of you guys and they're like stop I listen to every episode. but then I'm like I would be the same there's certain American yeah. podcasts if they have me on I'd spend five minutes like genuflecting 
Although I'm Irish, so maybe I wouldn't. But like, it would you know, be. Like, do I you want to manifest? Will we manifest? I'd love to be on Bitch Sesh because I love okay. Bitch. It's a Real Housewives podcast hosted by Casey Wilson and Danielle Schneider, who are like two actors and writers who kind of, you probably know them to see actually that like Casey did a season of SNL, wrote a book and stuff. Like they have been around for years and at Bitch Sesh was kind of the podcast that got me into Housewives podcasting. So yeah, wow, I would love to be on that. The drug. It was. What are other American podcasts I like? I mean, I love Sexy Unique podcasts and I've had... A host of that on my podcast kind of separately so i'd love to do that one day but like yeah fully there's definitely podcasts where i to be on i just absolutely like yeah you just, i just feel like I'd i be wouldn't adore. focus do you know what yeah. i mean i wouldn't be able to focus on the task at hand i'd just be like oh i love do hearing you know your takes do you know what's mad as well like when if you were to be on a podcast you, you know with a podcast you really love and it's like yeah. out every week and you like no it's tuesday wednesday whatever it's coming out if you were on the podcast of your dreams technically you wouldn't have a new episode to listen to because you'd already do you know what i mean that's what people always say to one me during thing. my pot and paper season. It's like the, their yeah, morning the walk one they want podcast. To hear, yeah. yeah, they're like, well, fuck it. I have nothing to go for a walk to tomorrow. So I'm like, well, there's loads out there. Or, or just listen to yourself. And sometimes I yeah. do listen. And I'm like, I'll listen to myself. Oh, I, yeah, it's not a fun experience. But sometimes you have to because you're like, did I sound like an absolute gobshite there? So I need to just do a little filter. Yes, yes, that's true. Connor, how has your week been? You've been very busy. It's a bank holiday in Ireland. I'm very jealous. Yeah, yeah um, I keep forgetting it's not in the UK. So I was... Uh, DJing Thursday and Saturday in the George and was on air on 2FM Saturday, Sunday, Monday and Monday night there well as we're recording now but it's coming it aired on Monday night or 2-1 there's a show called um, The Ultimate Irish Playlist which I filmed stuff for with the rest of the 2FM heads ages ago and I don't as of time we're talking I don't know how much of me is in it but I know that my face flashes up in the ad so as okay, the kids so say a jump scare jump scare <laughs> jump scare my face isn't gonna be on your television at some point it's I'm sure it's on the RT player and stuff if, if, if someone wants to watch back now I don't know how much I'm in it so I think that that's just my way of saying I think you can watch it safely because I think it's gonna be a really good show Oh, okay, cool. That's so exciting. What a fun. Yeah. When did you film that? Was that ages ago? Or I must have been like two months ago. It's so weird, like because I'm very freelance and RT, like I can be in there loads for like two weeks and then maybe not be there for two weeks. So like it happened to be like, can you film this? And it was a day I was in there doing other things anyway. So I think in my head, I forgot that I was there to film as well because I didn't come in especially for it. Okay. Whereas if it had been a day where I had made the trek in to yeah, do yeah, that, yeah. I would have I would have lodged it in my brain. So like it's only when someone said it, I was like, oh yeah, I'm actually, I think I'm in that. But listen, it could be literally a three so second glam, shot and you're all like, shut up. You weren't even in it. Or turns out I'm actually like a co-host and I didn't realize, but either Imagine way, if you got gas. snipped. Imagine if you got just got totally scrubbed and they, Probably, <laughs> you'd be listen, like, sorry, what? I'd be like, good call. I'd be like, fair enough. <laughs> focus on, you know, I'll focus on other people. That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> Um, we, I will say, okay, so I've been on holiday last week and yes. there was nothing really like jumping out to me as stories that I was like gagging to talk about. Right. But, um, sorry, I need to, I feel like, well, I don't you have news or are we yeah, going to talk about your news? news. Yeah, I, I feel like, like a fucking I asshole. That. I feel like an asshole kind of right? All weekend people are asking to like, look at my hand, send pictures, like ask me my plans. Basically, me and my girlfriend got engaged last Yay, week. Congrats, Yay, congrats, congrats. I know. It's so, no, it's so gorgeous. You weren't going to bring up and I was like, do are people gonna be like so he wouldn't now bring up her engage what tick what fuck a prick what self satisfied prick I'm like please bring it up <laughs> I was like do I bring this up I was like fuck it it's my yeah. podcast I can do it yeah. a lot oh, later I would do a bonus episode I do Patreon exclusive yeah oh my god maybe like, I yeah. should maybe I should yeah. give this content should I keep this content I should be selling this right this is like your I okay mag uh, moment yeah, yeah like some kind of bridal diaries or something yeah. like 
Oh my gosh, the cogs so, are turning. <laughs> so you got engaged in Norway. Like, can you, are you willing to walk us through what happened? Can yeah. we hear what happened? Tell us yeah. the story if you want. Um, so we were in Norway, stunning country. If you Norse lay, one would Norse say. lay. <laughs> we're <laughs> there, such millennials, like <laughs> tourist campaigners. That Some call it Norse lay. That should have been the Instagram caption. Damn it. <laughs> um, yeah. So we were just like traveling around. We got a car. We were like touring around Norway. Um, we were only there for a week, but it felt like we were there for Joni. You know, you're at the end of your holiday. You're like, I feel like I haven't worked my real job in like a month. Like oh, it was great. so lovely. That's yeah. Nice. yeah. Felt like really detached from real life and just had yes. a, a fab time. And on our like third night there, we got this Airbnb and it was in the Lofoten Islands in Norway, which is like this bunch of islands up the north. When you think of Norway and you think of those like red wooden cabins, like we're on yes. the coast, that's the kind of vibe, Ooh. like really fucking stupidly pretty, like really pretty. Um, and me and my girlfriend had driven through a snowstorm that day and it was like really stressful. Like for like four hours, we were just staring at the road, like really, oh my really, God. really nervous. It was really scary. And yeah. the Norwegians were literally going like 150, like, you're like, come on, <laughs> hurry up. We were like, we've never driven like this before. <laughs> I yeah, yeah, yeah. It was so scary. Um, and then, so we had like a little bit of a tiff, like when we got to the Airbnb, because I was like, that was so scary. And we were just bought like anxiety. Really. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, then my girlfriend was like, just come, just let's have a glass of wine. So we had a glass of wine. And then I still wasn't ready to park it because I was still really stressed. I was like, you did <laughs> I just felt like slow it up. A snowstorm. Like, I feel like just like, I just feel like, you know, I yeah. just feel like it wasn't safe. So I, just, I, just I feel back. like we should circle back to the yeah. argument. It's a snowstorm. We went. We went to Armstrong and I didn't feel like this. Like, she I was like, like, we're on holidays. I was like, but I want to have a little bicker. So yeah. <laughs> we had a little bit, a few more minutes where I got to be a little bit petty. And then she was like, just come in and sit down. And I was like, what? I was just like, just come in and sit down. And I was like, oh, sorry. Either you're breaking up with me in Norway with five days left in our holiday. Yeah, or twist. something else was about to happen. Uh, well, the twist would have been, I'm pregnant. Um, so we went in and sat down. And I was like, are you proposing? Like, kind of mess like as in this couldn't boss and she was like I am yeah and I was like <laughs> <laughs> sorry that's so Irish no yeah no I am actually yeah yeah I'm proposing. so yeah, yeah, yeah it yeah, was yeah. it was not like oh, we're, together, we're together three years very much like knew this would come eventually like we've discussed okay, it, but like yeah. totally caught off guard was an emotional Aww. wreck for like maybe Aww. a half hour um, like could, wouldn't let her put the ring on my finger like kept holding my hand in a face so she couldn't put the ring on so I was like I'm too young and she was like you're nearly 30 you're absolutely not and I was like but I'm too young and I was like I need to ask my mom's permission like freaking out yeah. just freaked out it wasn't cute like it wasn't I don't know how anyone is like yes oh my god amazing let's take pictures I was like a snotty mess I was disgusting like I also awful. love that you were like cruising for a bit of like a a, a verbal disagreement, and then oh. you're like, "No, I'm actually getting engaged." So I will park it then. <laughs> I, I was like, "Scrappy do. Like, I was like, "Come on, let's go." Love that, babe. So the snowstorm. I just want if we could just wrap <laughs> on that now. Now that we have the ring, <laughs> it was That's like great it was, though. Yeah, it was congrats, amazing. Congrats. Thank you so much. It was lovely, and um, thank you to everyone who messaged me. Like I was so surprised. I was like, "We need to put it on Instagram for like." the likes but I was well like, yes hello it's called engagement for a reason <laughs> yeah, <that's, laughs> impressions were that's high actually guys what it's named after uh can i so did you have any kind of window between like having the moment yourself did you give yourself 24 hours to tell like the internet or tell friends so, like, did you yeah so like we 
we had always like judged, like looked down our nose on like people who put, who put it up on Instagram, like within an hour. So we're like, right. why would you share it with the world? Would you not want to live in your bubble? Literally the ring was barely past my first knuckle. And my girlfriend was like, I need to tell the girls. And I was like, what? Like she couldn't hold her piss. She was just uh, straight into the group chat. They probably were like, I'm wondering how she got on asking you as well. Yeah. They kind of wanted the debrief. And then I text my mom who is not sentimental in any way shape or form she we're not a sentimental family we're not super emotional and I text her being like a free for a call which should have been her alarm single because yeah I wouldn't yeah. normally on holiday be like I'll give my mom a FaceTime and she was yeah. like I'm just in Zumba I'll be back in about three hours and I was like okay so I just sat there waiting for three hours <laughs> my mom got back from Zumba and then she answered the phone and I was very blatant with my like hand in the camera and she proceeded to just talk about Zumba for 10 minutes you were like and I just, just like, oh, sorry, I'm just hitting the camera here. So I'm just like, going to handle this. Can you, can you just, you know, my hand. Don't my, fuck on her. don't my nails look great, man? <laughs> oh no, there wasn't a nail brush, not nail painted. But when she, I was, I was, I was not prepared. I was not prepared. Well, I'm um, thrilled that it, I'm thrilled that you. like it happened in such a, a unique setting too, because like all jokes is like, that's very memorable and cool and like specific. Yeah, really, 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 really memorable. And it was nice. Yes, it happened last Monday. And then I think we put it up on Instagram on like Friday. So it meant that we Oh just my God, you're the full fair play. Are you waiting yeah. that long for Instagram? Yeah. Fair play. Oh, Is that I, good? No, I think that's very good. I think, <laughs> I think 24 hours and I'd be like, we're getting some fucking likes of this. And we're going <laughs> to, might even do a reel. All right, we're going to do a reel. <laughs> I just think, do you remember in Girls when Shoshana asks Jess, all right, we're like, what's your Facebook handle? And she's like, I'm not on Facebook. <laughs> Shoshana's like, that's so fucking classy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Fair play. Wow, wow. Yeah, so yeah, we 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 stuck it out and then we got it up on Friday. So it's been gas. It's just weird showing everyone your hand. Everyone has questions. That's <laughs> weird showing everyone your hand. It's like, You're like my armors. <laughs> yeah, and then people are telling me all these like superstitious things. They're like, oh, you need to twist the ring three times and make a wish. And I'm like, what? Like that's bizarre. Who taught you this stuff? Like, when, what class did you go to to learn all this? Sh- like, it's wild. It's wild. Are people like so when when am I coming? What when, like are they asking stupid questions? Like, exact uh, daytime and venue kind of vibes. I there's been a few like when is it? But I think people are yeah. relatively good in that they're like, so when is it? Do we have any plans? Are we waiting? Like they're like they're kind yeah. of don't want to be. So we're just like we're in no rush. We're just enjoying this. Moment. Just like yeah. Love. We have a fucking clue. I don't know what I'm. I'm like, how am I old enough to make this kind of decision? I well, that's it. it. Also, weddings like depend. Like, there's so many ways to do a wedding now, and yeah. if you want to do an all-out wedding, great. But that's obviously time and money. So, like, very, who's actually going to get engaged and know instantly? Like, nobody. Yeah, it's a lot. It's a whole thing. People are saying are saying they're going to give me their bridal magazines. I'm like, right. Um, <laughs> I haven't a notion, Connor. It's overwhelming. The feel. I feel like I've opened a door to like a new, yeah. just like a new world of information that was never open to me before. And now I'm like, whoa, what's going on in here, guys? You've, joined a, you've actually joined a cult. So we I might think have, I have to, we'll have to have. keep an eye. <laughs> yeah. Maybe I'll become one of those people who puts like, you know, wifey to be in my Instagram bio and like tags my partner. <laughs> Sorry, you're looking that podcasting is not a visual medium. You're looking because when you said that, I went, I just did a look Ick. like oh. <laughs> it, it isn't even strong enough a word. Oh, it's I do worse. love, I have noticed that the gays do this a lot where they'll, <laughs> they'll, uh, like in their bio on whatever Twitter or Instagram, they'll almost always have like a couple emoji beside like their partner's name as if to say, 
even if you're liking my thirsty picks, I'm taking that <laughs> with the gays. They're not always, that's not always an issue, but I just makes me laugh that they always have to have like the partner's details in the bio, just in case anyone gets any ideas. I'm like, okay, relax. It's so weird. Slow like, down. Slow down, Carrie Bradshaw. Like we're like, not all that interested. <laughs> <laughs> It's just such a weird thing to do. Like, it's so presumptive that like everyone who's coming to your profile. I know you all think I'm so sexy, but I'm married. It's like, well, okay. <laughs> and then the gays is like, oh, we might be open sometimes. But that does not mean you get to like all my pictures. Don't take like, liberties. Okay, sure. <laughs> it's a, yeah, it's a whole thing. I don't think that's going to be me, but we should see. Like, maybe I'll go fucking mad. I'll go full bridezilla and just be like bride tribing it up all over the place. Like, maybe that'll be me. <laughs> Oh, I don't think I so tried. somehow, but wow. anyway, enough of my news. Yes. We've got some news to discuss. Um, <laughs> from one celeb to another. <laughs> from, one, from one marriage beginning to one ending. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> well, it's like, you know, they cannot, like as one supreme falls, another rises or something like that. I don't know. <laughs> that's, that's what's happening. Um, this was a story I didn't think I gave a fuck about, but the internet made me believe that I should and mm-hmm. now I'm kind of glad because there's some interesting older elements to the story that I think adds some nice light and shade to this mm-hmm. being such a big story Tom Brady Giselle Bunchen have split yes Americans and other people are really upset about it um did I care no <laughs> did you um I was, it was one of those stories that it's been talked about that it's happening for so long that when it got confirmed officially, I was like, oh, we've kind of known this and they're just telling us now. And if anything, I feel like Giselle has been sort of reestablished herself the last while. And Tom Brady, like, I don't know anything about American sports, but he is so famous that I know that his every move means a lot in the sports world. And he has even in recent years sort of been back and forth in sports and stuff. So like, I know that they're both still like big stars. And I got the sense recently that they're both trying to reestablish themselves as like, viable commodities as celebrities yeah yeah I, I think that's exactly it I think they're really trying to because I think there was a period maybe maybe 10 years is a bit of an overshot but there was definitely a period in celebrity culture where they were very much like an it couple and yeah. very much an exciting addition to a red yeah. carpet especially because it was bringing those two worlds together of yes. NFL and Victoria's Secret and supermodel land and all that kind of stuff and yeah. it was this meeting and she had links to you know, Leonardo DiCaprio and all these previous relationships and he had links to other <laughs> When you said links, I thought you were going to say something serious like, the, like obviously, like the mob, like the, the red links. <laughs> so, such a, uh, a she has it links to government. I was like, oh my God, what is she going to say? I was like, Leo DiCaprio. Oh, yeah, I knew, I knew that. I knew that actually. Okay, fair. <laughs> Ooh, I was like, where's this going? <laughs> the mafia. Oh God, out, she's, a, she's got like, you know, got embe- embezzling. No, obviously you're not, but just the way you said links, I was like, Jesus. Just Christ. mob wives up in here. Yeah, twist. No, Leo. But they're, yeah, they're just like two. But I feel like that has definitely faded, much because she has kind of removed herself a little bit from the yeah. public eye to focus on kind of raising their children and support Tom Brady through his career. Yeah. And then this all started to bubble again a little bit higher than it had been in recent years. Mm-hmm. Earlier this year, when Tom Brady announced he was retiring from the NFL after a stupid amount of time, he's in his mm-hmm. 40s, after a stupid amount of Super Bowls. And that he was stepping away and that he was going to focus on his family and he was going to give Giselle her time to kind of return to work or whatever she wanted to do. Um, and that's what they were going to do. Um, and then within a very short period of time, I think it was less than two months, he reneged on that and was like, actually, no, miss training, going to get back yeah, out there. Yeah. 
back in the NFL and then these kind of separation rumors have been kind of rumbling ever since then like you said a really long time for lots and lots of speculation um and lots of like fairly reliable sources reporting that they had kind of were living separately and that they weren't happy and things like this until this month when it was confirmed that they had finalized their separation and that they were their marriage was ending um I was like, oh, Grant, celebrity couple split, like whatever, like he sounds like a bit of a yoke, whatever, Grant. Then started like looking into like a little bit more information about their relationship. And I was like, oh, this is actually kind of interesting. And there's like a lot more threads to this than I understood before. Um, so quick overview for anyone who like me kind of didn't really know them. Um, they met in 2006. They met through friends and they started to see each other pretty much immediately. Tom had just finished a relationship with Bridget Moynihan, who people will know from Coyote Ugly, Bad Bloods. She was in Sex and the City. She was in iRobot, I think. You'll know her face. Google her. Yeah. You'll know who she is. And early into Tom's relationship with Giselle, news broke that Bridget was pregnant with her, his, her and Tom's child, because it obviously was a tight turnaround. Um, they had dated from 2004 to 2006. So obviously there was... Do the math, guys. Nine months, you have a bit of time. Um, this was a huge shock to Giselle, as I imagine, as it was to Tom. And this was like their first kind of period of like turbulence, which was very early on in their relationship. Like they weren't even together a year. Despite this, they powered through and they got engaged in 2009 and they married that same year and they welcomed their first child that same year. Uh, their second child followed in 2012 and I believe they have a third child. Um. And then 2015 came around, which is the first time they had to face divorce rumors, which I didn't realize anything about this. I was like, I didn't realize that they were in turbulent lands before. Over the very same issue, this has been like a nearly 10-year battle with Tom and his dedication to the NFL. And I was like, okay, now I'm invested. Like, now I want to know, like, what's the argument's been? Um, Things were reportedly very tense between them in 2015. Um. It came after something called Deflate Gate, which I had to Google. And what that was, was an NFL controversy revolving around accusations that Tom Brady ordered the deflating of footballs in an AFC championship game in the 2014 to 2015 NFL playoffs. I don't know what that means logistically, but it sounds juicy. That's, that's bizarre. I Oh, that is bizarre. I don't even know how to. Like, what react. a weird way to rig the game. Like to oh, that's balls. what it's for. Okay, that, yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay, that does make a bit more sense. So um, this whole crazy, thing, right? Like I was like, this is kind of juicy. Um, mm. but they came out at the time and they were like, we're in a really good place. We're doing really well. Um, in April 2020, Tom gave an interview where he spoke about presumably this period where he said a couple of years ago. Giselle didn't feel like I was doing my part for the family. She felt like I would play football all season and she would take care of the house. And then all of a sudden when the season would end that I'd be like, great, let me get into all my other business activities. She wasn't satisfied with our marriage. So I needed to make a change in that area. And I was like, okay, this was two years ago where this Mm -hmm. kind of similar pattern that he's too focused on the NFL and that he had to make a change. October, 2021, a year later, I think my wife has, you know, held down the house for a long time. And I think there's things that she wants to accomplish. She hasn't worked as much in the last 10 to 12 years. She's just been raising our family and I'm kind of committing to being in a life in Boston and then moving to Florida. In January 2022 was when he announced or they 
he announced he was retiring and he said he was going to spend more time with his family and with his kids and give them what they need because they've been giving him what he needs for a long time he said a few uh, he said this a few years ago it's what relationships are all about it's not always what I want it's what we want as a family and I'm going to spend a lot of time with them and figure out what the future is for us next six weeks later changed his mind he was like here we go again I'm back in Giselle is like liking the comment, all the posts being like, oh, let's go Bucks or whatever the Buccaneers are called. She's like trying to show like Instagram support because rumors are now swirling. Like, how does Giselle feel about this? Like the whole reason you wanted to step away was family and now you're back in. Yeah. Giselle said, obviously, I have my concerns about him returning to football. This is a very violent sport and I have my children and I would like him to be more present. She told this to Elle in October this year. So this month, um, she said, I've definitely had those conversations with him over and over again. But ultimately, I feel that everybody has to make the decision uh, about what works for them. And he needs to follow his joy, too. This was before they had confirmed their divorce. So this was like oh. a bit of a soft launch, I feel. Yeah, for I, the divorce I have, news. that rings a bell. Like, I think that's part of a story I had read recently where when I saw the headlines, I was like, wait, OK, they've been laying this foundation for a little while. Yeah. Yeah, like I really, really drip feeding us kind of this like we're working on it, but we definitely have differences in opinion yeah. on kind of where we want to be. Um, they officially announced their divorce this month and uh, with separate statements. And it said that the paperwork officially declares the marriage has been dissolved and irrelevantly broken. I can't say that word. Ir- anyway, irrefutably. We go with that. Um, their marital settlement has been agreed, which it does include a parenting plan, but details of the settlement are not being released due to privacy. But I just, I did not yeah. realize there was such a like history of issues that played out quite publicly. And also I feel like, you know, obviously the fashion world has changed and who are, who the big models are has changed in a lot of ways, but like Giselle is, and I, I mean, obviously I'm a gay man of a certain age, so I use the word iconic far more than I should, but Giselle is actually iconic. And yeah. She, and I wouldn't, you know, listen, she has said some dorky stuff in the press over the years. I know when it comes to like wellness and all that kind of, she's come out with some howlers in recent years, but in terms of the fashion world, she is a true icon. She has got like a real credibility and she would have incredible relationships in that world. And for her to genuinely take such a step back yeah, is very significant because like she was at one point, I think, if not the highest earning model in the world, certainly one of them. Like she yeah. was Naomi Kate Moss levels of yeah. like it girl fashion famous. So like we might love our Gigi's and our Bella's and our Kendall Jenner's now. It's like no Giselle, like even now is probably still above them, I think, in terms of like the model pecking order. So like yeah. for her to, you know, put that aside to raise a family. I mean, obviously women can do whatever they want. And I'm sure she got a lot of satisfaction in doing that, but she obviously did it for, for Tom as well in his career. And that's a big sacrifice to make. Yeah. So I wouldn't be surprised if she, you know, the fashion mags are going to eat up this kind of like, she's back and she wants to wear that yeah. one Mew Mew skirt or whatever that ever wears, you know, like she, like yeah. to have her back in that fold now, if she wants to do it, could be a huge moment for pop culture. So and it's a very different, like, yeah. Go it's ahead, like what you're saying, it's a very different landscape now. Yeah. In in many ways, in that you just don't have the kind of celebrity in that sphere now that you did in kind of the 90s and the noughties, just because of access and like the way modeling is yeah. now. And a lot of it's through social media and it's not this. And like celebrity as like, well. Yeah. yeah. And when you think of like Victoria's Secret shows throughout the kind of late noughties and early 10s, like they were huge events in the kind of celebrity calendar and she and was the just, face of it really in a lot of yeah. ways i mean there's a range of 
icon. And listen, the Victoria's Secret show, obviously there's been documentaries about it now and the culture of that company. Yeah, but like, so problematic. But there was a period where they kind of, they had the best of the best in the modeling world. And Giselle was always in those shows. And people like, when I think of those shows, I often think of images, even like, just close-ups of her face and the way she could just yeah. absolutely like kill a look and a moment on the runway. So yeah, I'm so curious because when you dig in, you realize like, oh, like we said, obviously she wanted to raise family. That's an amazing thing. But like, she also made sacrifices for a yeah. partner and that's not an easy thing to do. So she was- And I've her- seen a lot yeah. of people on, on Twitter be like, you know, on this discussion, you know, like she walked away from a hugely lucrative career where she was yeah. top of her game. Again, the landscape has changed now that a woman her age can get back into it really easily. Well, much easier yeah. than maybe yeah. 10, 15 years ago. So doors are open to a woman of her age now that wouldn't have been open to a woman of that age, maybe 10 yeah. years ago. So it does, she does have options, but I found it really, I mean, should it be surprising? No, but the conversation of, you know, she was she walked away from a career that was super lucrative and then people but sure he earns loads of money and it's like but it's not about yes they're both extremely wealthy, wealthy from their, yeah, but it's yeah. it's that independence and it's that that feeling of like I have to I actually have to park my career to focus on my family and it was a decision she wanted she made it clear in her statement again now she said it many times that she was so happy to be but it was the other statements that she made where she felt like she wasn't getting that same kind of i don't know focus in return from tom i'm well, really yeah. speculating here because i don't understand the of course of marriage but from the statements that they've given that feels like the frustration i think too it's going to i mean on a selfish level like i said giselle is, is far from perfect in terms of stuff she's come out with but like the selfish part of me is dying to see if we'll get like i don't know i feel like it'll be maybe see our fashion book or interview magazine yeah what's the return? she'll pick like some or it could be something really like dead on like vogue or l but like it's i mean boring, you, mentioned, you mentioned l earlier but like i just think we're gonna get some really fucking great giselle what she say? yeah <laughs> i'm sorry i know that's really bad to say amari just broken up their kids involved but i'm like oh no, but i'm sorry serve. she's gonna fucking serve shit, like it's <laughs> so about to serve <laughs> and i'm just looking forward to like hopefully a few like scathing interviews because i'm like yeah she seems sick to her yeah. teeth of this guy focusing so much and like again he's entitled to focus on this career sporting careers are different you have a certain period of time there's a window but so modeling yeah, is like window. sports in that regard that's the thing i mean yeah it's shifted a bit now and there are people who are big in the 90s who've had resurgences and i think there's a sense that that's how women of all ages and different body types involved but yeah. realistically when you're a model it's like it is kind of that high fashion world that she was in and that supermodel yeah. set that she's a part of for the most part is very much like there is a window here yeah. and like, you kind of have to make the most of it. So like she parked a lot really to, yeah. Yeah. We'll see. I mean, like I know just from my scant knowledge of us sports, that Tom Brady is a bit problematic as well in many ways. So like maybe he's got form and being a bit selfish. I don't know, but it's certainly, even if you're not into sport and fashion, like they're both power players in their fields. And like, yeah. there's a, there will be a lot of interest in, because he'll invariably become a commentator or he yeah. maybe he'll coach a team or, you know, like those kind of paths, a lot that of pa- sports are Those take. paths are there for him. Yeah. And though there's not like runway commentators, which is all going to be like, oh, slay. great I'd walk watch those there show. from Bella. I'd watch <laughs> like, that. She might end up judging a RuPaul's Drag Race approach at runway or something. Who knows? <laughs> maybe, but like that does not a career sustain. You know what yeah, I mean? Like yeah. it's just, it's different. And I just, I find... 
I find this a really interesting story because of how long this similar conversation about his focus on sport and why she needs something different and how many times they've actually spoken about it in interviews. And yeah. yet still it came as this like shock as Giselle and Tom split. It was like, why? They've literally been talking about this major issue in their relationship for like nearly 10 years. Like it's really weird to me that there's so much evidence of this being a consistent issue for them. I think also too, like celebrities, like sometimes celebrities, they are not actually masterminding their entire lives the way we think they are. But also sometimes when celebrities are gearing up for some kind of change that's going to have to be mentioned publicly or is going to invite speculation, they do kind of breadcrumb clues or try and stir, like, you know, turn, steer things their way ahead of time. So maybe like, for example, that L interview you mentioned was just L and her side of things going, okay, well, you yeah. know, we're going to announce divorce in sometime autumn, early winter. Like you need to start just having the conversation publicly now so that we can kind of manage expectations and da, da, da. because like there is like a long-term plan in terms of your career and your life. And then also because there's kids involved. So we'll yeah. see, but mark my words, Giselle is about to serve. Giselle is about to serve. One, first, first big gig <laughs> after the divorce. What do you think it's going to be? I think it's going to be a really, really fucking like cool, like yeah. attention grabbing photo shoot where she's in like very off the moment designers. And it's like a reminder that she's back. But someone like Anna Wintour would be like chomping at the bit for like that Giselle yeah. sit down that cover. Like, come on, like maybe maybe the first cover of 2023 is just uh, like New Year, New Me vibes. Don't know. Just saying. <laughs> Condé Nast, if you're listening, Condé Nast, if you're listening, if you're listening, Condé Nast. Anna loves this podcast. <laughs> yeah, huge fan. Huge, huge fan. fan. Um, all the big news this week, it was a picture that made it onto my feed while I was on holidays. And I was like, well, this is curious. Um, Prince Harry and his memoir, it is coming. We've got a date. It's coming in January of next year. Uh, we've got a name. It's called Spare, which caused a lot of controversy. We have a cover. It's his face um, yeah. looking very stern. And it's just building up the anticipation. It's also coming at a really good time because the crown is back in like a week it's coming oh, yeah, really yeah. soon so it's like oh people are like oh my god this the crown is going to be like the warm-up to the memoir and then everyone's gonna be like right what's in the book what are we gonna have do you have any interest in this kind of stuff or does it just does it i've i want to see how they react to it more than what he says almost I am in kind of in two minds of this. Like in general, I'm not a royal family person. And that's someone that is just being Irish. And I think we know better than to be into them. But also, yeah, I'm just, they had, they don't particularly move me. Just if I remove all the baggage from it, they don't particularly move me as just even celebs. Yeah. Having said that, I've obviously found the Megan Harry like split from the family and the conversation that followed interesting. I've also found it depressing because it has, I know people, listen, I'm not a blind fan of Megan and Harry. They're obviously playing the game and trying to like build their own media profile. So I can have a certain amount of cynicism with some of their moves, but like their decision to remove themselves in that setup has also showcased and underlined how much of an, how ugly the conversation and the tone is around yeah. how, people talk about their wife family in terms of their blind support for them, but also the way they talked about Megan, like it, there was so much gross racist coverage of her. And like, you can totally analyze Megan as a celeb and not go down that road, but that is not the angle that a lot of, for yeah. example, British outlets have taken when talking about this. So like, I'll, I'll keep a like kind of an eye on bits and bobs with these stories. It's not the celeb world that I am personally fascinated by, but like, obviously, you know, 
this book, I think I remember when the story first broke, I think maybe early this year about this book, it was like one of the highest advances for a celebrity book yeah. ever. So like, yeah. it is going to be a publishing event because, you know, even I would imagine in the US alone, this book is going to do really well. I have to ask a slightly moronic question. Yeah. And I, at this, I think is a safe space to ask when yeah. he called the book spare is he trying to say that he's like the spare brother or the spare heir? Is it meant to be like yeah? So this is like spare a, tire kind of vibes. Yeah. Is so that? this is like okay. a really like a, a like a well known phrase within the royal family. There's the heir and the spare. Oh, so, really? So yeah. This oh my god. Yeah. No, everyone was freaking out. And I was like, and then I actually my first thought was, oh, is he trying to say like spare prick? I was like, he doesn't mean like that. <laughs> Oh, he gets an Irish joke. Yeah, so William oh, would be the heir. Thank you. And I Harry's had the one in a week. I was like, what? So yeah. like, why, are we, why are we losing out at the title? Ooh, in the same hey. way that like Charles would have been the heir and Andrew would have been the spare. And th- there was always this kind of, and even they reference it in The Crown and it, it's oh. apparently a, a bit of a joke that they make within the royal family that's, as well. Like, okay, you're only that's spare. Great. That's, that's, I've heard, I've seen people like on both sides of that title choice, but I'm leaning towards that's kind of iconic. No, that's what, it's, that. it's so shady. And I think the read, okay, the read of it is, is that it's, it's leaning into the tone that the book is probably going to hit. Right, like that it's, yeah. it's, it's leaning into that conversation about him not receiving the same level of care yes. and respect as his brother. And I think that's why it was like, oh my God, it's called Spare. Like, like it just, it was, I think it just suggested the kind of level of maybe detail he was going to go into. Um, yes. And like you were saying about the, the advance huge like books like, like people don't make a huge amount of I think there's no, like a common misconception that people a make a lot of, of money a marketing tool for certain yeah. authors in terms of celebrity status but there are some celebs who uh, like when you like there's some celebs who, who get paid okay to a book but they're also using the book to like get a good bit of press coverage and da da yeah. da but there are also some celebs who make a fucking bank from yeah. books and this is definitely one of them this is one he's been reportedly paid 18.4 million in an advance for a three book deal which in total will come to 36.8 million um now it's said that he will be donating his profits to charity um but i don't think he's disclosed where where he's giving them yet i would imagine a lot of mental health charities and stuff Mm -hmm. he's worked on in previous years um but i think the interest in this now is given obviously that queen elizabeth died in september and the reports that there was a lot of he requested a bit of a rewrite and wanted to push the date back and there was all these things and i think the big thing that the royal family seemed to be worried about is what is he going to say about camilla um obviously the relationship between himself and his brother and his dad is a bit rocky right now they're not talking a huge amount but I think the worry is Camilla has just been positioned as the queen consort and that status and people are starting to accept her in that role. And what kind of damage will the youngest son of Princess Diana talking about the traumatic events of his childhood into his early adult life, what would that do to like the public perception of Camilla and that the stability of kind of the new king and queen consort? I am really interested in it as a business, as like the royal family, as the firm, as how they handle, how they crisis manage this, because it's going to be big and it's going to be bad for them. It's going to be pretty, pretty bad. (laughs) But then part of me is like, just destroy them and like take it all down. But just read them for filth, like just do it. Like, as you say, as as a kind of complex onto itself, it's that side of it's fascinating, but I also don't. When people are like, I'm like, okay, like, I don't care. Like, I don't, I don't yeah. care. I don't like, I don't, as in, I know that's maybe bad to say, but like, it was the same, you know, when 
people were saying stuff like, let's not bring the colonialism into it. Someone has died. Oh, I'm like, shut the fuck up. Like, stop. sorry. Like, it's like, you know, you can't have these kid gloves for someone who's also in this position of extreme yeah. privilege. Like, it's sad when anyone dies, but like some of the tone of that coverage was bizarre. And I, I'm sure there was a delay in this book because I would imagine if she hadn't died, they yeah. want that book out for Christmas because it'll be yeah. like it's coming out at an odd time, like January's January. Well, January is a quiet time. Now, that means I suppose it clears the pathway for it to be the biggest book that anyone's going to talk about at that time. And it'll be maybe in reissued yeah, in paperback by the time Christmas 2023 comes around. But like I was surprised that they didn't even just release it mid December because I would imagine. Yeah. But then you would with the supply chain and stuff. Who, who knows yeah, I think there. it was due to be released next month. Um, but yeah, just due to the the queen dying, I think they wanted to try and push that out as long as possible. Now, obviously, for the publishers, I would imagine that they were pushing back to get this out quick to not do any rewrites to keep it as salacious as possible because obviously that's what people want. But I do think my reading of the of the reports was that they did meet some kind of agreement in in certain edits and dates being pushed. Um, very little details about what is actually in the book have been released, but we have got yeah. kind of a a bit of a bio for it. Um, the publisher said, Spare takes readers immediately back to one of the most searing images of the 20th century. Two young boys, two princes walking behind their mother's coffin as, as the world watched in sorrow and horror. As Diana, Princess of Wales, was laid to rest, billions wondered what the princes must be thinking and feeling and how their lives would play out from that point. For Harry, this is the story. This is his story at last. With its raw, unflinching honesty, Spare is a landmark publication full of insight, revelation, self-examination and hard-won wisdom about the eternal power of love over grief they are doing such a good job of like pitting this to be like the first well not the first but another real crack in the kind of pristine you know crystallized glaze around the the royal family like the I I I don't know maybe people are bigging it up on the damage that it'll do but I'm excited to see what comes out in it like I'm, I'm curious to see what tidbits he'll release I felt like he gave a a rare insight into the firm with the Oprah Winfrey interview, even calling it the firm so publicly yeah, yeah. was like a real like, oh my God, I can't believe he's saying this. Like we're all watching yeah. him say this. And I feel like the book is going to be a similar kind of, a similar peek into that life. Also, I think if it's going to talk about his childhood and losing a parent so young, like that stuff is, that's sadly kind of a universal thing, you know, as in it's a shame that anyone has to go through that as a child, but like, yeah, people have experienced that. So like, A, it's good for him to talk about that, but B, if he's like, I'm actually writing a book of grief and how much I miss my mother, it's much easier for him then to be like, it's not about me taking down the royal family. Because, you know, yeah. the, pe- the people in the British press who are on the royal family side are going to pick and niggle at every little thing they can think of in the next few months to try and smirched this book you know i'm sure there are certain outlets only dying to get their hands on the proof copies and, yeah and see what's in it and also harry and megan's kind of post royal family life has been interesting in that they obviously get a lot of attention they're beavering away on a lot of things but like i think it just takes time for all the kind of projects they're doing to come to fruition so it has felt a bit like well what are you up to now yeah <laughs> you know even like i know megan's podcast is now doing well but that takes time to get going. And we've known about this book for a while, but we're only going to get it in yeah. January. So like really her podcast and the intention around that leading into kind of this book release, this is them now saying, here are the things we've made. Here are the things we're putting out. Here's the TV shows we're developing. Like yeah. finally they're able to actually have, for lack of a less blunt term product or 
content or whatever to like actually point towards because obviously when you're in the royal family the job is to kind of show up and shake hands and kiss babies whereas now their thing is oh i've got a tv show or we're actually here doing invictus games or whatever so like obviously they've done bits and bobs and they've been rebranding and all that stuff but like now like this is a chance to put stuff out there and also how the book sells will be very interesting because really interesting yeah there's big pressure on a book like that too I know having spoken to author friends about this work, because I just asked how do advances work when they're that high? And they were saying that like a publishing house will make money on a big celeb book, but oftentimes you spend the big money on those big titles to like get other authors to take an interest in you, used to kind of elevate the status of the publishing the house. So like, you know, how the Harry book will be considered a success, I don't know, but like to be able to look at what the raw sales figures end up being, what the pre-orders are like. I mean, that's yeah. going to be interesting as well. I saw somewhere it's like £28 to buy it hardback. And I'm like, fucking hell. Yeah, hardbacks are expensive. Hardbacks. You're paying for the hardbacks. Yeah, that. yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, and I think exactly what you said. I feel like there was a lot of talk when they initially, you know, Megs it and all that stuff about the Spotify deal and the Netflix deal and all this stuff. And I think you're exactly right. There's a lot more of those deals to come. Like a lot of those, you know, when they were signed, it was like, we're going to sign up for X amount of TV shows, this amount of episodes of a podcast, a three book deal, like all yeah. of it was, you know, n- numbers of this, is what we're going to deliver here, here and here. That's what that's going to look like. This is when we're going to seed it out so that, you know, there's a big flurry of, of excitement around the podcast in kind of August, September, then the book is going to come around November, December. And now, obviously, it's been pushed. But to have all these like pops of excitement so that none is overshadowing the other. So I feel like for the next 12 months, it's just going to be a kind of a rolling release of all of these projects that they've been working on. Um, I mean, Listen, Piers, Piers Morgan is annoyed, so I'm thrilled. That's a, that's that's kind of my baseline with everything. Piers Morgan is annoyed, so I'm yeah, thrilled. He's just the worst. I'm um, like, oh, Piers, you don't like this? Let me buy three. Like, <laughs> you know, you, that'll, that's what's going to push me to read it. Just blind pettiness. Um, we're going to breeze through this because neither yes. of us are super invested. Um, but just because it's coming out tonight, the embargo is lifting tonight. So as you're listening to this, you might have already seen it. You might have not, but it's pretty new. So we'll just run through it. The I'm a Celebrity 2022. It's coming this year, right? Yeah, it's Cast, this year, yeah. There's another yeah, season, I think, in January as well. But we're the getting All-Stars, this one first. Yeah, yeah, which I think will be way better. Yeah, um, it's very drag race to be doing All-Stars. It's kind of fierce, actually, to do and I'm I a think Celeb All-Stars. But, like, there's good people that you yeah, remember. Like, there's good like, rumors about that one, yeah. Yeah, I think that's going to be that's gonna be a winner if they play it right. Um, yeah. But the cast for 2022 has been officially confirmed. Most of them we already knew, and they, they had kind of leaked, and we kind of got drip-fed over the last couple of weeks. But just to confirm, we have, and I'm going to read the press release as they have them listed, okay? I don't know half of these people. But first up, we will know pop icon Boy George. Okay. Um. Kari star Sue Cleaver. She plays Eileen. Oh, okay. Kari. Oh, I do know yeah. her then. Okay. Eileen. Yeah. Oh, Slay. Okay. I know. Oh, yeah. Right. Eileen is good. Okay. Um, Hollyoaks actor Owen Warner. Not a clue. Don't watch Hollyoaks, but he's probably, I'm no. guessing he's probably what, younger, kind of good looking. Is that the vibe they're going for? Yeah. He's definitely like, I would say late 20s, good right, looking. Okay. Bit of a scr- yeah. Hollyoaks. Yeah. Um, TV presenter and property expert Scarlett Douglas. Don't know her. Oh, no. Um, ex English England rugby player Mike Tyndall, MBE, as in Zara Tyndall's husband, as in Princess Anne's daughter's husband. Oh yes, I have seen the headlines about this. Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh. So I think I'm wondering is that part of a PR for the royal family? Well, I think the thing, the stuff I was seeing about him was that he might 
they're, that he might say the wrong thing or like they're a bit worried about it. So who knows? Either way, or maybe he knows not to say anything and it is like just the sort yeah. of, like, will he maybe make a comment? Who knows? I mean, they love to get these like kind of uh, yeah. names I think, I think with a backstory and then they're shit are. and they go two weeks in. Yeah. Like, do they go like they're gone by episode two? So who knows? I think he's, Usually sporting stars like him do relatively well, not just because yeah. of like their physical prowess and challenges or whatever, but it's that like team They're mentality. Well yeah, They're they right. kind of, yeah, yeah. And they, the role they fill in the camp and all that kind of stuff. I would not be surprised if this was a very deliberate PR to be like, let's have a few nice anecdotes about bringing the kids over to Granny's house and yeah, how yeah. we love family Christmas. Or even talking you know. about the funeral and they're because like, I mean, I never want to yeah. hear about the Queen's funeral, but I get that like, I want to hear Boy George ask about it Well, and get answers. I mean, I will say like Boy George has staged quite the comeback and is on a lot of TV shows I happen to watch, but like, I still feel like he did not like, you know, when he got the community service for like violently attacking a ramp boy at the height of his kind of drug abuse, like obviously that's a very particular time in someone's life and we want to give people redemption chance to move on. But like the way he talks about it sometimes is so like, I'm like, you did something very bad. And I feel like we've just yeah. lost over it. Now, I know very there was a, a tearful Piers Morgan interview at some point, but like because of my Piers Morgan hatred, I don't think I've made it through that one. But I sometimes I just find it crazy that he really just has had a redemption tour. But anyway, yeah. I mean, he's been on Real Housewives and I've still watched it. So I'm a hypocrite anyway. Yeah, I mean, I, it's it's such a weird one with him. I feel like he's popping, like you say, he's popping up everywhere. Yeah. And I think PK is still just- his manager. Is that what this is? Is PK just that good at getting Boy George in place? That's for Housewives fans, if you know. You know. I think he is, right? Because we saw, did we not see Dorit on the phone to him this series? No? Yes, he, not- he had a little moments on this season, Beverly Hills, I think. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. God. Um, up next, TV presenter and journalist Charlene White. She's on ITV. She's on Loose Women. She hosts. Sluice women quite a lot. Oh, cool. Um, radio legend Chris Moyles, BBC. Yeah, I mean, he, he's on a uh, Radio Beats? X now. Radio he's X. on Radio X now. Chris Moyles is is a real icon of broadcasting. I also find him a bit exhausting and a bit like I've often like I just he wasn't always the nicest person, but you know, there's a lot of history there of the British public and Chris Moyles, and I would imagine yeah. he got paid a pretty penny to do this. So, like, yeah. I could see, I'm not, I'm a little bit mixed on him personally, but I could see him being like a fan favorite, but also just, you know, delivering good television because yeah. he's the kind of character that people have, you know, he's been in people's homes and lives for a very long time. Yeah. Um, England Lioness, Jill Scott, MBE, obviously after their win this summer. Oh yeah, yeah, That's yeah, going to okay. be her spot. Uh, comedian Babatunde Aleshe. I hope I said his last name right. Um, I don't recognize him from anything, so I don't know. But probably that's, on some of those panels. It's shows. good to have you need you need someone like that in there because yeah. either they're funny like a comedian is on stage during the camp, or it's the like tears of a client thing where they're like, I'm actually really sad because the comedian's so odd. Like, you know, it's gonna be yeah, that's kind of always like if I was being a cynical reality TV casting person, I would that will be an angle I'd be interested in. Yeah. And then finally, TV personality Olivia Atwood of Love Island fame. And on the Love because obviously this is your realm, Love Island. In yeah. Love Island universe, like where is she on the scale of popularity and public adoration? High. Okay. Like as in... <laughs> the fans of Love Island are like, ugh. But I'm like, I don't know. Del so. Connor is just hot. Uh, it's hooking Olivia like, Atwood. I'm like, okay. <laughs> like, I think... You like your awareness would be of like the icons of Love Island would be like yeah, Mara Higgins. Mara, like Olivia yeah. Atwood was the original, like... Okay. Just like outspoken. And she's... Like, She's the first Love Islander to do I'm a Slave. Isn't that what I've been hearing? Is that the rumor? Or one yeah, of the first? That's actually, really interesting that's to me. 
because the two think they ITV shows. It. Yeah. yeah. I just don't really think they lean into it. I think, I think it's because by the time, like you don't want to give it to someone really fresh out the show. Yeah. Because the they're doing ends. other stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And you kind of want to spread the love, like put them on Dancing on Ice, which is probably yes. not going to get as many natural ratings as I'm a celeb. And then by the time they're kind of a year out, the fizz has kind of gone from them a little bit. Whereas Olivia's kind of, and Olivia just did, um, a docu-series with ITV about yes. sex work and oh, cool. all that kind of stuff. And it was really well received and really positive. So I think they're kind of repositioning her to be a bit more of a like ITV personality rather yes. than like seen as a strict like Love Islander. But I think she'll be good. Like she she's, she's definitely done some like iconic quotes and stuff. Yeah, from she's done a like, competition. She's done a competition show. And I actually I remember <laughs> seeing the headlines about her doing it and the, the quote from the insider, it was clearly someone in her account because it was basically what you just said. Like this is for her career and to reposition her. And I think yeah. obviously that it's just, it's just funny because you would think if ITV has these two huge shows that there would almost be like a love Island drawn every year, but it's actually like, no, we've waited. And also the one thing I will say about I'm a Celeb this year is they're back in Australia for the first time in a few years. I, yeah. So I think that will, I know last year that like to, to their, like to give them their dues, they had a hard time with COVID stuff and they were in Wales again. And I think the ratings dipped a bit, a, a bit with yeah. last year. And I think this year, between the goodwill around the all-star season next year and this being in Australia, I think there yeah. is a bit of, and also like, let's be honest, things are a bit shit. And when things are shit, people flock to escapism. So I think they play their cards right with this cast. I think I'm Slept could have a bit of a comeback this year. Yeah. And then there is the all-star season is to celebrate 20 years of it, I think. So like that yeah. will also be part of it. You know, like this has been, it's now when a reality show gets to the 20 year mark, it's like people are going to, there's nostalgia. And also like, it's, a self-regenerating thing every year because it's like who knows is going to happen when you get yeah people in the mix so it, weirdly this would actually make me want to watch it for the first time in a while not even because there's so many big names in the lineup but just australia good mix of personalities yeah i mean you can't go wrong my only issue is it's on every night and i cannot watch a show that's on every night i, I know i'm just saying I love Island, Island people do it <laughs> honestly it's like it's such a commitment and like i i just can't do it for something like i'm a celeb i just don't feel like i get the return on the investment yeah. do you know what i mean so my celeb um, paper is not is officially it's not, not yeah <laughs> i'm a pod, well, i'm a podcast get me out of here um, <laughs> yeah yeah I'm, there's my something pod's in on it. paper get me out of here <laughs> You need to build like an empire. Like you just yeah, every, maybe I show up, every yeah. reality show. You're like, who wants to do it? I'm a celeb podcast. <laughs> I'm a drag queen. I, my Dancing drag queen on, on paper is your drag race one. My drag race on paper is your drag race one. We are going to move on. So loves yeah. the week. Things that have brought you joy. Things that have made you happy. I'm going to start, actually, no, you give me one of yours. I just have the one. Sure. So you tell me one of yours. What have you so, been loving? I love to read books, but I go through phases where I just, I'm in such a phone addiction spiral that I cannot get my head around a book, even when the book is good. And I last night finished something that I have been reading for months. That's not even that long. It's a nonfiction book. It like, in theory, I could have blasted through it in days, but like, I like picked it up and read other books and just not been able to get a head around it and it's not because yeah. the book wasn't good it's because I was in a bad spot and last night I finished and went oh my god I actually love to read books and this is really good so anyway <laughs> I read a book called I actually have it here oh with props me. I love it <laughs> it's called Tacky Love Letters to the Worst Culture We Have to Offer by a writer called Rax King I picked it up in the US I think it's actually only released in the US but you can get it like online because most American titles get on Kindle and all that kind of thing so it's basically 
this writer, Rax King, who I think is actually quite big on social media. I had not heard of her. I just saw the book and thought it was interesting, but since looked her up and realized, oh, she's quite popular. But she kind of talks through like pop culture that she grew up with and is interested in her 20s. So like she talks about like watching Jersey Shore with her dad when it came out in 2008. And so she talks about these kind of trashy staples of pop culture and then weaves in these really like kind of moving and interesting personal takes. So like, she's very frank about her sexuality and relationships. So it's like when she was watching Sex and City, she was kind of learning as a teenager and early 20 something how to navigate relationships with men. And she contrasted and, you know, I've read lots of my life through pop culture books and I always enjoy them, but this one is written with a kind of depth and a, a quality to it that goes a lot further. And I was like, wow, this is like beautifully written. It has these kind of pop culture touchstones like Jersey Shore, like Sex and City, like like random albums and, and pop stars that she references. But then she's added in this le- the very well-written and thoughtful layer about her teens and 20s. And I thought the depiction of sexuality and it was very like raw and honest as well. So like, I think if you were a pop culture person who wanted like a book with a bit of depth, but also that kind of nostalgia hit this will be a good one and also I always say to people just in general if you're like if you want to read again and it's been a while pick a relatively short I know this sounds really obvious pick a short book pick a non-fiction thing something that this is essay so I I, one of the reasons I did go back was I knew like every 20 pages she was going to go to a different topic so it kind of made me feel less guilty that I wasn't reading because I was like I'll get back to it when I get back to it so if that's your vibe of books these kind of fun essay collections are a great way to be like I did it like last night I was like finished a book I've been I finished a book <laughs> like you know that moment where you're like and now yeah, my yeah, screen yeah. time is going to be 20 minutes less than it was last week we're up we're winning you know so like I just I I, I really enjoyed it and I felt guilty that it took me so long to read it and then when I got back into flow but over the weekend yeah between work weeks, I was like this actually is fab but I I knew I was going to enjoy it nice and also it's got a little more depth to it than I was yeah and I love fast. that like you say having those t- those pop culture touch points yeah. throughout a book so is lovely because it, it just brings you in like you kind of can really relate to like oh the first time I watched that or I remember getting yes. that album or you know all those kind of people that have relevancy in your own life and you can yeah. kind of it's like that sense of a shared experience is really nice and also she talked about top model which I thought was so interesting and then it's funny things like there's one essay that's about the Cheesecake Factory, which is like a chain restaurant that's everywhere in America. And she weaves in like a, a random date. She went on the broader there, but also going there with her mom. And it's this piece about like, you know, that kind of dining experience for like, you know, working class and middle class people in America. So oh, that that's fascinating. It's not just, and when I got them Cheesecake Factory, I guess it, it was like, oh, it's a, <laughs> yeah. it's kind of, it's basically cultural analysis with like personal storytelling involved. And there's, yeah. if you're a reality TV fan, the piece on Jersey Shore was actually really moving because it's about her, not to spoil it too much, it was about her dad wasn't very well when the show started and it became this ritual where she would go to his place and they'd watch it once a week. This is back when the show was on MTV and it was like a total, like yeah. in the zeitgeist. And it's like, oh, I've heard a lot about Jersey Shore over the years, but I've never read a piece this moving. <laughs> yeah. Jersey Shore as a framing. They're so brought like, families together. Yeah, I would yeah, definitely yeah. check it out. It's called Tacky. The author is Rax King. That's R-A-X-K-I-N-G. I had a look. It's on exactly. Amazon and stuff. Obviously, if you are able to like, a lot of independent bookshops in Ireland will order in books in the US for you if you can afford yeah. the extra few euro. Always worth asking, but definitely look it up. I think there's an ebook. I bought it when I was in the US in the Strand bookstore of all places, but um, you definitely will find it online. Okay, great show. I'll put links um, yes. in the episode description, but yeah, really good tip to like go into your local bookshop and try yeah. and out local commerce and all that kind of stuff. Um, that sounds a, a total bit of me. I, and think I love you would what like you're saying it. about yeah. the essays and like having really that feeling written. of like, I can put it down now and I've done. Yeah. Because I'm the yeah. same. I feel like 
getting in that headspace to read I find it really I just I get really overstimulated by my phone and TV and I, yeah. I can't I always have to be double screening I can't be in the house with like no noise whether it be the telly or oh I'm brushing my like, teeth with podcasts on it's actually yeah. abysmal it's I'm literally really like flossy me like that's such a good point about real housewives <laughs> I'm like, you couldn't just listen to your own thoughts for 30 seconds like it's awful it's no awful. T- totally drown it out um one of the things i've been loving this week and listeners of, the, of this pod will know that this might be a bit of a surprise because only a few weeks ago we were talking about it and i was not looking forward to it <laughs> and it is love is blind season three Ooh. this is do you watch love is blind on Netflix? i watched like a couple of episodes of season one and i couldn't get into it i've realized i'm not a huge dating show person although okay. the clips i've seen of this season have fascinated me so and obviously this is a show where like i know they've done the spin-offs but the actual regular love is blind is new people each time so i could in theory just try this season yeah oh yeah yeah no it's new people each time so you absolutely could um it's so i watched the first two series and i just i didn't get the hype people were loving it people it was like podcasts were starting and there was all these hot takes on yeah and all these was that websites lockdown and it was p it was starting it was lockdown. i think it was lockdown yeah so i think and they had like, filmed it like famously filmed it months ages. previous because the whole hook is and i actually didn't even get past the pods which will tell you how much of it i didn't i watch. think that's like the first <laughs> yeah the first i really two, was I like i don't want to do this um but it, i remember it was one of those things that yeah. netflix really hit on i would have been big anyway but I think the pandemic yeah. made it feel eerily like pre-seen because that was actually how people were kind of dating yeah. for a while. Yeah, it felt in a sense <laughs> insanely timely. Um, yeah. But yeah, the first two seasons, they just didn't hit with me. I just found it boring. I find Netflix reality TV real hit or miss. I feel like Same. they're trying yeah. to be shock and awe of some other channels, both internationally and in the US, but they're always keeping that like sickly sweetness of stuff like The Bachelor. And the Bachelor is fine and The Bachelor fills a purpose. And the Bachelor is, well, was hugely successful, but you can't be both. You can't live in both worlds. And I just I, found yeah. it so frustrating with Netflix. I just didn't find it juicy enough, but I didn't find it sweet enough. So Love is Blind just never hit for me. Yeah. This series, I watched it because I'm like, look, everyone's going to be talking about it. It drip feeds out kind of three or four episodes at a time. Oh, interesting. Easy okay. watching. Throw it on during the day while you're working, whatever. And this series is really grabbing me. We've got some really batshit crazy contestants that are really interesting and we've got some really interesting couples there's some really interesting arguments being thrown up I find like some of the just the way they cover certain stories just feels so different to what you get away with on a UK reality show or or other places like the way they talk about the weight of some of the women on the show oh, and they, oh, I'm yeah. just like this okay. is fucking crazy like, yeah insane the men on it are just not all of them but most of them are just the worst um and the women are just like so like oh it's just it's a mind fuck it's so frustrating to watch but it's finally making me feel something watching it so i'm like i'm invested because you're doing something yeah yeah get the right response while it might be you know you don't love this or love that normally i'm just like this is boring like it's just boring i'm not enjoying it this year i'm like Okay, you have my attention. Where are we going to go with this? If no one gets their comeuppance, I'm out. I'm done again. I can't. <laughs> yeah, I yeah, need, yeah. I need like the payoff for for the villains. Like I need them to get their stuff at the end. But way better than season one or two. If anyone is not a fan of Love Is Blind and is tempted to maybe dip in just to see what's going on, oh, that's good. To try know. it. Try where it. Where is this season set? Is because they they're filming. They go to a certain place, don't they? They go just- to. 
Is this one set in Houston? I think this one is in Chicago. Because I remember reading that they filmed, I think they filmed season three and four like concurrently. So they did this one and um Dallas, oh, Texas, Cass- I'm being told. This one's in okay. So I think they filmed yeah. this season and they've definitely filmed season three and four back to back in the sense that obviously it's not the same people. Yeah. Um in both seasons so like production would be like we're doing this you do your one and i think it's because they know that like the m- longer this show's on the air the more you're gonna have people who've watched it whereas they want yeah. people who are like oh what a social experiment so like i do think weirdly love is blind could regenerate really well each year because they're still getting like people yeah. who don't really know the show and they're banking them and beavering away and cutting together like a year before we see it kind of like grow housewives where like yeah that nine months of like post-production is what they use to really get us in because it's like they can finesse it. And as yeah. you said, they're they're not releasing it all in one go as well. The Netflix is definitely changing its release model depending on the show, particularly for reality TV. I think they're I think you you actually hit on something very interesting because initially Netflix was was binge dropping these seasons of reality TV, but like forgetting that when you watch it on regular TV here like the like the ad breaks and act structure and the weekly thing means that they're much more urgent yeah even if they repeat footage and coming up is used too much blah, blah, blah. like Netflix I think has realized oh we need a bit of that like old school telly Teasing vibe yeah. to yeah. reality tv that's part of the sauce like that when you think about most reality shows like the the sense of build-up is like <laughs> is half of it I was even I did yeah. a I was a friend of uh, Louis Sables wrote a piece for Vulture about the Sprinter van in The Real Housewives. And he asked me to give some quotes for it. I was like, no problem. And we, I was just saying to him in those chats we had about how on Housewives stuff like the trip to an event, the getting in the van after event, the build up to things is as much a thing yeah, as a thing. Yeah. And with Love is Blind, it's like. Will they, won't they? Yeah. Will you they get to hope, feast on those moments. That, that will they connect also, in the pod? What happens in the real world? It's yeah. got a whole rhythm to it. And I think you can you can understand the bigger moments better when you've seen the smaller ones and given them more time because the smaller moment, and like I always think that with Housewives, like you'll have an episode where there's maybe not something huge that has happened, but it's really formative to the thing that's going to come. And you get to kind of sit and mull on those things a little bit more than if you were watching back to back to back because then you just park that episode because there was nothing big in it but you're kind of missing some of the importance of that nuance and yeah, I think yeah, yeah Netflix are definitely being a little bit more responsive to that kind of viewing habit yeah um I said I was like I made a promise to myself that I would try not to talk about house size on this week's episode but it would be <laughs> it would be absolutely criminal for me to do that given your status as a housewife expert and host oh, of house size of me your other love of the week has a relation oh no yeah. it's, it's Potomac, right? It's in the family. Yeah. I mean, I just, it's funny because as we we're talking, there's a new Potomac episode that I haven't watched. So, like, unless the show oh. completely goes off a cliff this week, I don't know. But I just wanted to shout out Real Housewives of Potomac because it's back now for season seven. And it's weird because obviously, seven seasons is no like slouch at all. It's not a new show, but I still think in the Housewives pantheon, it feels newer. Yeah. And because we're seeing people go so hard for like Housewives of Beverly Hills, and I get it, I'm there with you. Like, it's kind of in the zeitgeist. They're just delivering such rich and interesting stories in Potomac every week. Yeah. And I don't want to say under the radar because it actually has really become a fan fave in the last two years. I think particularly in lockdown, it was a show that like people who had never properly watched it got into and the cast are really well liked, but like it's just consistent and kind of yeah. what happens is on Potomac is there's stuff going on that some of which we've seen a little bit in social, but there's these great stories that 
we don't really know what's going on as we watch. Whereas the issue I have with Beverly Hills, it's all so social media driven that when you actually watch it, like, yeah, yeah, I saw this on Instagram nine months ago. Potomac is like a little bit lower stakes in a way, but much more engaging. They also go a bit further with their thoughts and their feelings with each other. They've also broken the fourth wall brilliantly this season. So we're early days in Potomac, but I just have such a good feeling about it. And I wanted to shout it out because I feel like the people who are into housewives know, but if you're maybe just doing the Beverly Hills thing, I'm going to give you a cheat code because this is what I did. I know we're meant to watch every episode, but listen, start at season three and go. No, you can't. No, listen, we're trying to get people in. You can go back and watch one and two. Start at season three because season three was when they figured out the flow of the show. So was Candace, did Candace come in season three? Either three or four, but three was when it started to really just ramp up. And I think by four and five, it was like, undeniably great and then season six was burning as well so like yeah, or uh, yeah, I, mean, I mean what i do with housewives and this is probably controversial if i've never watched housewives city sometimes i watch the city that's airing weekly as it drops and i just figure it because here's the thing they spoon feed you who everybody is yeah. through countless flashbacks so like yeah. you will figure it out it's not this is not game of thrones this is not no. like you no, don't no, need no. an encyclopedia you know no. these people are they will constantly be like friend of blah will come on screen so yeah yeah, I just had to shout out Potomac. Like, I'm the kind of housewives person. I watch it all as it's out. But, like, there is something different about having Potomac back because it's the middle ground in the sense that season seven, so it's not new, as I said, but it's not as long in the two as some of the other shows. So it still feels... They also have four people on their cast who've been there since season one. That's unheard of. It, it, the cast is amazing. They're genius. Potomac. They're all so funny and smart and they have so interesting good. relationships and they... They're and not they afraid. Balance, do you know what I think is great? And it's been a big criticism of, of Beverly Hills this year is the Fox Force 5 and their just yes. blind protection of each other yeah. and how they're not willing to call each other out when they should. And people like Dorit, who's not really giving much other than just like fashion. echoing fashion. And I'm like, I don't really care Kyle, about that as much. Kyle, baby, Kyle, oh, baby. Please don't leave. Baby. It made me sick to my stomach. It's like, okay, whatever. Um, it just, she's not, all she's doing is just echoing and parroting. Yeah, but on Potomac, the they all, no. they all stand out. They all pop in different yeah. ways. And, but and they know, two- they know the conflict is necessary, but doesn't yes. need to be nuclear. That's it's what I was just going to say. And, yeah. They'll blow up and something crazy will happen, but they also know when to go, okay, well, we're yeah. going to have to figure this out. And also they're not afraid to kind of shift alliances a bit. Like a big thing on this season is Ashley and Candace, who in previous seasons have been at yeah. war with each other, have sort of begun this friendship. And, you know, the cynic me is like, yeah, cynic me is like, it's just for the show, but also actually watching them do scenes where they're palling around is fun because like, oh, I think they might actually, they, these two people are actually quite simple. Like it's just. Because it Ashley, hits- brought, Ashley brought Candace in, right? Like she was her in. They I had think, met on like yes. the pageant. Uh, no, that was Monique, I think, who's no longer on the show. I think. I can't remember. It's so long since her first season. I can't remember. But like they had, a, you know, they had some of the most like contested moments in the show's history. Like they went yeah. off on each other. So it's just, if you were kind of thinking, Ooh, I'd like to give a housewife. Cause people always still will ask me what housewife should, city should I do after? I was going to say how shitty, no city <laughs> or like franchise should I do next? And like, it, you know, just dive into Potomac. It's, it's yeah. worth it. I know the early seasons, the first season was not meant to be a housewife show. And so it's a little bit slow on its feet. Yeah. So that's why I'm like, you could, you could cheat and jump to three, but like, if you get, if you can get into the groove of Potomac, it is so, it's so worth rewarding. It. And it's, some it's of the quickly, best people. It quickly pays off. It's, it's not something that you're in. Cause I found there was some that I had started and I was like, fuck it. This is a the old ones are going. they're from it. And that's the beauty of Potomac because it's 
from the more recent days, they have the confessionals and the like HD filming. It's in widescreen. You don't have to worry about like, (laughs) because like early New York and Atlanta, it's on a fucking Nokia 32. Yeah, it's It's, rough. If you can adjust your eyes, it's amazing. But at first you're like, ye gods, I have this HD TV. What is this? You know, it's a bit. Yeah. A bit so yeah i just i'll always stand for potomac and i you know i've been there's a few housewife shows starting any at the moment but like having potomac back it's like oh yeah we're yeah we're it's good, good. it's we're good. good yeah yeah i'm really i'm gonna watch that actually tonight because i just yeah it's so Same. strong mm-hmm. and solid city at the minute as well it's like it's- yes and that's a good one too they're only on season three so you could start with season one like yeah it's and i just I don't know- think you get the same the same I think Potomac's a real fun show and they're really yeah. getting into the drama. And, and the drama's really real. Lovely balance. Solid City's yeah. still a little bit too, like they're aware they're on a show sometimes. That's a bit too much. Okay, we're going to quickly get to some of your stories before we wrap up. Uh, obviously, oh yes, yeah, my stories. I was like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> that was all I had. <laughs> You're like, tell me your story. I'm like, okay, <laughs> my life one. Okay, so we're going back. Um, so obviously, Tom Brady and Giselle broke up, and it was pretty amicable on the face of it. Bit of goss there. So I was curious. I was like, I want to know what people's worst breakup stories are. Oh. There's definitely a lot. Um, we Giselle got this... set one in and honestly for this. <laughs> My husband went back to the NFL. Giselle, is that you? Um, I'm not, brackets, not Giselle, by the way. <laughs> Part two, not Giselle. Um, I got this up relatively late today, so we didn't have a huge amount of time. I hope that there's some more that I can enjoy later when I check my phone. I will share them on our Instagram. Don't quote me that podcast. Follow us over there. I'll share whatever other ones came in. Um, but had a few... Um, one girl said once told someone I was too sick to go on our date and then bumped into him on the tube that night, fully dressed to go out with my housemates. <gasps> Don't really think that counts as a breakup, but also thought it was kind of a like, oh, moment. So how do you, cause you can't style that out. Like if she was in no. regular clothes, you're like, oh, I have to go to the chemist. I'm so sick. But if you're Is in this? full glam, like, you're titties like, out, I got a, like, I got a titties out. I got a second wind. <laughs> like, what are you going to say? <laughs> I was coming to me and I was just texting you and it's like yeah I can't (laughs) um I was seeing a guy and he was crashing at my place and one of my friends called and asked to chat with him he was in bed in my bedroom a while later I heard my front door close both of them had left together (gasps) I was dumped for my friend slash ex-friend I was gonna say I would hope former friend yeah damn what the fuck The that goal must have, of her that to must read. have been some good dick, though. <laughs> You're willing to like. Sorry, she rang her you friend. Say, you know what? It's like, worth Can it. You put him on. Talk about risking it all. <laughs> she like. Sorry. Does he not have a phone? Like, was he asleep? And she was like, "Jeez, I need oh, to get God. through to him. I'll call his girlfriend and tell her to put That's him on." So bizarre. Um, put your boyfriend on. I'd be like, but this is now. Put him on. I'd be like, okay. Like, mm, oh my god. That's... I pure be like, they're organizing a surprise for me. <laughs> yeah, but that is so nice. I want to go to Baltazar when we're in New York. Get me a reservation at Baltazar. I love it there. Oh, that's funny. Damn, um, damn. Someone else said my sorry boyfriend. Sorry for saying dick on a podcast. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> We've definitely said that story. It's not who I am. Um, <laughs> don't judge me. Um, <laughs> my boyfriend of over two years ghosted me, went to work and never <gasps> came home and blocked me on everything. What? Who are these people? Fuck. <laughs> so that sounds like they lived with their boyfriend. Yeah. Never came you live home. with someone and they don't 
that's bizarre. He just went to work. You know, like what's he doing his stuff? Did he pack would up his stuff? me up that oh. someone I spent that much time with and this just vanished. fine, but to vanish? Just disappears. And then blocked the new you podcast. on everything. My boyfriend had two years goes to me. That's Vogue and Joanne's next podcast. <laughs> <laughs> that's like hardcore don't, sequel. Don't be giving them ideas. They're, <laughs> they they're don't putting up podcast story. Right, I got an idea. <laughs> <laughs> and then another good one I finished up with. Got dumped. Left his house, had my car broken into, and then had to wait there for the guards. He came out and saw me and just went back inside. I feel like I'd let them back. I'd let you cry. I'd let you sit in the carriage while you wait for the guards. Come on. Yeah. How bad a breakup like, could it have been? That's what I'd be a like, moment... if you want, I'll go upstairs and you can just yeah. be on your own. Watch you need, do you need to charge your phone? Are you okay? One of the guards. Yeah. If they listen, you know, I know obviously that's a shitty situation, but that's also like you're better off without that person if that's how they're. I'm sorry. An hour yeah. later, bitch, let them back in. Let them sit on yeah. the couch. Let them sit in the hallway. Whatever. Yeah, let them in. I would too. I'd be like, yeah, come in, have a cup of tea. And then I probably would I'd say, be like, like, look, if you want me to go somewhere, like you can chill down here like, and just lock fine, But I'd still do it. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> oh my God. People are crazy. Fucking we're like how, crazy. This is why when we're watching Love is Blind, we can't be like, that would never happen because you've just gotten Instagram evidence that it can. This is it. Can you imagine <laughs> me and the girl just hearing the front door of her house being like, where the fuck is he gone? That's... And then he's in the car with her best friend scooting off. You'd be like, I wonder are they still together? I'm going to do a little follow up. Let's see if we can uh, yeah, I feel like that's a, that would be a bonus step. Like, and you, you to yeah. protect their anime, you disguise the person was like, just like a black shadow, like, like just the silhouette. <laughs> Fucking hell. Got wow. being, we're going to leave that there. Yes, I on feel that like. note, sorry. <laughs> on that positive, uplifting note, we can all thank our blessings that we're single, we, if case. those assholes in your life, get rid of them, right? And let them out. They don't, you don't deserve that shit in your life. It's, oh, no, no, too stressful for that. You two can get engaged in Norway. Hold out hope, okay? <laughs> <laughs> oh disgusting Connor being Such a joy I'm glad we had a little bit Of a housewife Steve Yes as well, yes I always yes. Love that chat with you Thank you um, Thank you so much For coming on the podcast It's been lovely Chatting to you Thank you for having me uh, It's a pleasure to, to be on I know you've asked for When I haven't been free Which is like Completely my fault So I'm glad I could Make it happen on Halloween night, Lewis. Are we meant to spoil it? It's Halloween night. It's Halloween. I'm in Dublin It's Halloween guys It's Halloween as we record this And yeah. I'm in Dublin With the With more fireworks than the 4th of July going off in the background. So we haven't heard any. Yeah, any. I'm hoping they are with the mic because from where I am, it's like, it sounds mental. Really? So yeah, we've sur- we survived. Oh, okay. Well, as people are listening to this, there's probably some freaks already putting up their Christmas tree. So we'll put Halloween. Yeah. Oh, guys, don't be that person. Just don't trust. That could be a question you'd ask next week, by the yeah. way. Like, when, when surely? Because <laughs> that's a controversial oh, one. <laughs> I hate those kind of conversations. Like, the, the, like, brands who do polls being like, too soon to have a Christmas tree, like, just to get loads of engagement. Like, yeah, next question. <laughs> it's like that tea thing where it's like, which tea is perfect? And everyone's like, it's obviously number 7B. Oh, yeah. And it's like, and, stop yeah. giving them what they want. As someone okay. who doesn't drink tea, I'm like, can we move on? Can oh. we move on? But like that, I'm in the minority. So anyway. Torture. Connor be in. A joy to talk to you. Thank you. Do take care. And let's circle back on Potomac later in the season. Yes, we should. By the time the reunion's on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> perfect. Sounds perfect. Thank you so much to my guest, Connor Bean, for joining me this week on the podcast. And thank you to you guys for tuning in each and every week. You can find us over on Instagram and TikTok at don'tquoteme.podcast. Do get in touch. Let us know what you're thinking of the show, what you want us to discuss, all that good stuff. You can also find us on all of your favorite podcast apps. 
so you can listen whenever and wherever you like. We'll be back next week with a brand new episode and yes, all of the latest goss. We'll talk to you then. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you.